0: I'm Scott Hervey from Weintraub Tobin, and I'm Josh Escobedo with Weintraub Tobin. The MCU's latest series on Disney Plus, She-Hulk: Attorney at Law, recently covered a trademark infringement action, and that's what we'll be discussing on this installment of the briefing by the IP Law Blog. For the last few weeks, on every Thursday in my household at least, we sit down to watch the latest episode of She-Hulk, Attorney at Law on Disney+. Plus. Full disclosure, we consume every bit of content that the Marvel Cinematic Universe puts out. I have been waiting a few months for the release of She-Hulk, Attorney at Law though, since the main character, Jennifer Walters, is an attorney and a graduate of the UCLA School of Law, not unlike myself. Unfortunately, I don't have Hulk-like powers, but you can't win them all. But what I didn't expect was for the content of this particular episode to become a choice topic for this program. A few weeks ago, at the end of the week's episode of She-Hulk, Jennifer Walters, which is She-Hulk's real name, was served with a complaint by a process server at her home. And when she removed the pleading from its folder, Walters learned that she had been sued by an influencer from an earlier episode for trademark infringement. As you can imagine, at that point, I could not wait for the next episode of the show. Although
1: we are obviously big fans of intellectual property, it isn't often that a trademark dispute is at the center of a movie or television show's plot. This instance in particular was unique because it constituted the focal point of the entire episode and walked the viewers through an abridged version of the process.
0: So let's get into it. The next episode picked up exactly where the prior episode had left off, with Walters being in possession of the recently served complaint. She went to her full-service law firm and retained an attorney who specialized in trademark litigation. I should comment that they managed to squeeze in another thing that we discuss in law firms because Walters wanted to represent herself, at which point another one of the attorneys said, do I really need to tell you that only a fool represents themselves? Moving on. At first, I was a little put off by a comment made by another one of the characters about how Walters should have already registered She-Hulk as a trademark because she should know that whoever files first gets the mark. Many of you probably already know why this irked me. But if you don't, it's because the United States is not a first to file country. Some countries focus on the first to file, but the United States focuses on the first use. (laughs) These
1: are the kinds of things that would only bother an intellectual property aficionado. That said, it isn't uncommon for television shows or movies to take certain liberties with things in the interest of creating a more interesting final product. For example, it always amazed me how quickly Ally McBeal cases went to trial.
0: This is no exception either, Scott, and and we'll get to that, Uh, and that's true. And while something like that wouldn't necessarily bother me in most instances, When it's something you specialize in, I feel like it's a little harder to accept. And that's probably how most medical professionals feel when they watch shows like Grey's Anatomy. Anyway, my disappointment didn't last long because Walters subsequently filed a counterclaim against Titania, the influencer who had appropriated her name, seeking to enjoin her from utilizing She-Hulk in commerce because Walters used the mark first. On that basis, Walters immediately moved for summary judgment, which was heard the next day, which is at least 365 times faster than any motion for summary judgment I've ever filed or opposed. Well,
1: things move very fast in the Marvel Universe. Although the show reflects an unrealistic, streamlined legal process, maybe that was at the Texas rocket docket that she filed her her motion in, it did manage to stay reasonably true to the requirements of such a dispute. Specifically, the remainder of the episode focused on Walter is proving that she was the first to adopt and use the She-Hulk mark. That's called
0: priority of use. But it did once again stray from true trademark law in that Walters utilized her online dating profile, where she adopted the She-Hulk persona after failing to get any dates as Jennifer Walters, as evidence of her use of the She-Hulk mark prior to Titania's filing of a trademark application. Of course, such use would not suffice in a real trademark proceeding since such use does not constitute use in commerce. Unless, of course, her dating profile somehow served as marketing collateral for her superhero services. But I don't think that was the case. Frankly, this part made the dispute feel more like a right of publicity case than a trademark case, which is fine, but let's call it what it is. As a side note, Josh, I'd be very curious to know
1: under what class of services would superhero services be listed? Do
0: you know that? I haven't come across the occasion to, to look into that yet, but I think that's a fair question. I don't think they have a class of services for superhero services. Maybe it'd be
1: under entertainment services. Namely, yeah. Entertainment services, namely the, the services of a superhero. Well, I mean, you can't expect uh, the most accurate portrayal of a trademark infringement dispute in a Marvel legal comedy on Disney+, Plus, can you?
0: No, I suppose that's true. I should just be happy that Marvel and Disney chose to combine a few of my favorite things into one piece of content, and honestly, I am. I enjoyed the episode for what it was, but for purposes of the briefing, I thought it was interesting to contrast trademark law as presented in She-Hulk to trademark law as it exists in the United States in real life.
1: It definitely made for an interesting episode of The Briefing. Thanks for sharing, Josh. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for tuning into this installment of The Briefing by the IP Law Blog. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast and our YouTube channel. And if you like our content, why don't you give us a good rating and leave us a review if you so choose. You can also visit us for more content at theiplawblog.com.